your boy, the one and only A Switch, aka my nipples are scared in the dark, <laughs> aka let these damn holes in my house, aka who gonna put the damn butter back in the refrigerator. <laughs> Bringing you yet another episode of Switches Sites, episode 42 to be exact. Uh, today's date is February 13th, 2020, um, right before Valentine's Day. I'm lonely, you know, it's okay. You know, everybody with their loved ones, everybody getting all booed up, everybody gonna have a lot of nasty sex and stuff, but it's, it's, co- it's okay, it's all right. You know, I got a Yakuza remaster collection. Um, that's Bay right now. Uh, you know, we we hanging out. We're not sure if we want to be serious or exclusive yet. But you know, I'm 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 kind of tempted by Modern Warfare too. Um, so you know, I like having options. I mean, I'm not all this monogamy stuff. I mean, that's for the birds. I mean, it's. It's I, I like the choices, you know what I mean. So, it is what <laughs> it is. What it is. <laughs> um, yeah. So, for those that don't know, this is Switches Sites podcast. Um, the podcast where I talk about gaming and pretty much gaming and all nerd related other stuff as well. Um, so welcome, welcome. <laughs> Um, a lot of interesting topics, uh, for you this week. Also, uh, just came from, um, Sonic watching, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Got some thoughts on that as well. Uh, at least towards the end. Um, actually, let me put that in case I forget. Boy, I spelled that wrong. It's okay. Um, so yeah, let's uh stop the dilly dally and get into it. It get into it in it. Get into it. So uh, I say first notable uh tidbit of news came out this week is uh the the dare I say father of gaming coverage, uh Jeff Keeley announced on Twitter. That uh, he's skipping E3 uh, alongside Sony as well. Um, so this is pretty big, I'd say, in my opinion. Um, Jeff Keighley has been very close to E3 uh, pretty much throughout his existence. Uh, so for him not to be involved with E3 anymore, or at least this year, uh, says a lot about, you know, um, the state of E3 this year. Um, and that's pretty much some notes of what, uh, Jeff Keeley, Keeley, uh, covered in terms of his, um, you know, uh, basically his particular stance of why he's not going to E3 basically along the lines of that. He's not really, um, really liking the direction that this event is pretty much prepped up to be going where it's going to be seem seemingly kind of more focused on, uh, 
pretty much people, everybody but the industry, technically, in a sense where it's going to be more, I guess, you know, uh, personality focus like, uh, you know, YouTube, Twitch, other popular streaming platform personalities more so than just the event and spectacle of E3, which is what we've traditionally, at least from kind of the viewing standpoint, um, got the impression of pretty much all these years. So, uh, that's, uh, that's a big, that's a big one. Um, so I mean, I feel like this is going to be a trend, uh, with a lot of other people backing out, especially pretty much not the big hitters going up there anymore. And of course, Jeff Keighley with his, uh, impeccable coverage, uh, pretty much all these E3s up until now. Um, so I think ESCA is scared. Uh, they're definitely, uh, attentive and like, you know, that's a big, big, uh, big hurt for them. I, I, I think so. Um, and I think that's, it's sending a message for other people like, well, hmm, maybe I shouldn't go to E3 now too. So, and I think you're starting to get, um, I'm starting to see some of that trickle. Uh, some of the YouTube personalities aren't going in addition to, so, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's like now. I'm like, this was, <laughs> of course, this was the year I was debating, like, man, I should probably go this year. And of course, now this is the, this is pretty much doesn't seem like a good year to go. I mean, of course you got the new consoles though, but PlayStation's not going to be there technically, uh, at least to show, um, things. So mm, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's an unfortunate tone, uh, that's being set for E3, I'd say. Um, yeah, I think it's, this is at least some indication of it slowing a, 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 a slow and painful death if they don't listen to, you know, the gaming industry and maybe just straight up change it back to how it was before where, you know, shoot, just cut off the public like, uh, like it did before. I think that's kind of the, the, the start of it diminishing, uh, in some ways, um, hard to say, but, um, I think that was a big, big factor that I think, uh, at least the people that have always been there have kind of ran into. So, I mean, if it's a, if it's a sacrifice of the potential of me ever going, I mean, I mean, I, on top of that, the, the fun of watching E3 generally and getting actually the most coverage is from home anyway. Um, and not being at the event. And then, you know, you've seen that a lot of, uh, gaming public, uh, publicity as well. Um, or even gaming media, like, uh, kind of funny, I think easy allies to some extent, they don't, they kind of sh- show up for like some of the appointments and stuff, but, uh, for like some of the events and, and things like that, they do it from their, uh, headquarters. Uh, but you know, they're kind of a particular scenario cause I know they're somewhat, somewhat f- close to the uh, location and, and to E3 too. So, uh, it's a lot of variables, but mm, this is a, this is a big, uh, strike, uh, towards, towards the ESA. Um, very interested to see how things are going to play out closer to, uh, E3. Um, on top of that, um, E3 apparently leaked its own website technically uh, where basically they were revealing that they're going to open up registration but didn't open up their site yet but I think they somehow did 
Um, yeah, not looking real good for the essay. <laughs> uh, this this coming from the people who basically revealed all the information from all all the journalists and media outlets that were uh, signed up and, and attended E3. So not a good uh, not a good note to uh, start on, man. Boy, yeah, it was like, please hack us. We're the ESA. They might as well just to just to put that instead. Really, really, boy, boy, not a good look. Um, in line with <laughs> with the enticing uh e e uh, e3 news, um, I think probably in a attempt of desperation to kind of um damage control uh people you know pretty weary going to e3 uh, i would assume at this point too um basically the major publishers are confirmed uh for e3 i'm pretty sure probably some side ones and stuff like that but at least these are the bigger bigger notable uh publishers so you got sega bandai namco take two i'm interested about take two because they you know they're tied with grand theft auto so uh Xbox, WB Games, uh, probably NBA 2K, and um, I forgot the other notable series tied with two, Take Two, but there's still that possibility. WB Games, uh, Capcom, Bethesda, uh, Ubisoft, Square Enix, and Nintendo. So out of these, we know for sure pretty much Bethesda, Ubisoft, Square Enix, um, have had their own shows. Curious to see if any of these other publishers are going to step up. Cause I mean, honestly, well, of course, Xbox too. Um, honestly, uh, especially Capcom, I think they have the repertoire to, uh, uh, even do their own show at this point, but I, they've normally been showing their and debuting their games alongside, um, the uh, platform holders, uh, Xbox and PlayStation, and even Nintendo in some cases. So um, I'm pretty sure Nintendo's still going to stick to its direct format, but I know they do have a presence there. They have always continue to have a presence there still in conjunction with their um, digital uh, outlet of videos. So not a bad lineup uh that would be enough for me to still go and check out what they have still um but yeah we'll see i don't know unless i get a media pass uh, yeah i'm not too keen to go this year even though this definitely would be the year i should go um unless yeah there's some some enticing uh preposition that I'd be able to go personally. That'd be the only scenario I'd go since I'm very close to it. But eh, it's like what two hundred and fifty dollars to go ugh, for you know maybe maybe to play sit in line all day to play one game I really want to play does not not sound too appealing to me personally. But uh, yeah, overall, I don't know, man kind of sad <laughs> ironically the year i'm like man i'm gonna go to this one then everybody is starting to starting to leave I'm like, oh well okay okay um feels bad man <laughs> hopefully the esa uh you know 
does some goodwill and change changes in the, in the in the long run but that's it's gonna take a while gonna take a while i mean you know could do a complete 180 who knows uh moving on um so uh for those that don't know uh, uh psa modern warfare has uh, released and dropped season two um alongside of that uh if you go to the main menu of the game uh now they have uh they changed and adjusted the layout a bit so now it does show like uh campaign uh multiplayer and spec ops and then there's this weird interesting um very very uh peculiar um uh option that has classified so obviously it's it's um unselectable but uh interesting that it's uh just a a fourth additional uh option there not like uh not like uh another previous game in the call of duty series um black ops 4 that included this pretty notable mode called blackout which is basically battle battle royale um which was his own separate mode as well so um pretty likely um that uh, we are getting a battle royale. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to pull hairs or anything, but you know, consider how popular that mode is in a lot of games now. And that's like the, the pretty much the hip new mode now and call of duty has done it before, uh, would find me hard pressed to believe that, uh, they wouldn't put a uh, battle royale mode in their game. On top of that, uh, you see a lot of the bigger maps kind of cater towards battle royale, or at least them flexing their muscles in preparation for battle royale, at least because uh, uh, the ground war uh, mechanic, or I mean, not mechanic, the mode, uh, which is a multiplayer mode in Modern Warfare, where it's like 64 player battle 32 on 32 um so clearly they definitely are uh capable of the scale at least close closely enough to uh battle royale specifically and then you know you have pretty much all the foundation of battle royale and in in essence you have you can parachute in a ground war um you know there's vehicular combat vehicles um pretty much everything is laid out they have pretty much all the all the uh elements of potentially having a battle royale mode for sure so i think it's a pretty pretty solidified deal and uh to add more credence to that um apparently it was leaked anyway so uh i believe they revealed it uh, it was a uh, leaked on Reddit, basically. So it's apparently called Warzone, um, or at least Infinity Ward's version of Battle Royale, uh, compared to Treyarch's version, which is um, Blackout. This one be will be Warzone. So I think it seems pretty likely. It's pretty much a dead given. Makes total sense that uh, this will be the um, new mode coming out this season. Um, with season two uh curious when that will be it's probably it's gotta be within the next few weeks i would assume because this is pretty big 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's Infinity Ward or no, not really. Uh, maybe it is because if anybody would do it, uh, Infinity Ward would, you know, drop this right on uh, Valentine's Day for <laughs> breakup relationships. I forgot it was some uh, company that did that. I forgot. Uh, maybe they like released DLC right on right on or near the um, uh, holiday, which they technically kind of did this. It came out this week too, the new season. So, I mean, if you not, if you don't have a girlfriend, you know, cause I mean, my girlfriend is, you know, ex Basha. And, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm getting tired of her, I kind of fool around with PS4 Sha too. Um, so, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> so dumb. Uh, but I digress. Um, yeah, all in all, I think it's a pretty, pretty dead giveaway that um, Battle Royale is going to happen. And boy, it's I think it's going to be it's going to be I think this is going to be the one that's going to really get me in a Battle Royale. Um, I dabbled with um, Blackout. I've gotten pretty close. I've still never gotten a uh, chicken dinner. That's always been my goal, just at least get one chicken dinner. Uh, but you know that that constitutes putting a lot of time into the mode and stuff. But now that I feel like I put a steady foundation in um, um, modern warfare in general, I think uh, it's gonna give me a pretty solid foundation to. Uh, uh, get a chicken dinner finally in a battle royale game, which I'm I'm feeling in my veins. It's gonna it's gonna come. This this version, I'm gonna get it. Just you wait. Just you wait. So all in all, pretty damn cool. Um another aspect too, while we're on Modern Warfare, is uh these uh the patch specifically for season two and uh, for pretty much all platforms has been significantly huge. And apparently this is gonna be the last one. Um, so like, I think for PlayStation 4, it is like 50, I think it's like 50 gigs uh, for PS4. And then I think for Xbox, it was like 60 something. And I think it's the exact same for PC, 60 something. So, um, and I think the last season was pretty substantial too. So apparently what um, Infinity Ward has said is that this is in preparation or this patch will basically make the other patches less and not as huge. So hopefully that is the case because boy, man, Whew, if this is the indication of next generation, boy, we are in for some mass storage. We gonna have to get get these get these get petabytes in the rotation at some point or something. But um, so yeah, at least for those that were you know curious and stuff, boy, that is a lot of data. Yeah, shoot, I was like, I was waiting for it to install the other day, uh, I think Tuesday, and um, man, I was like, Jesus took like six hours uh, to get in the damn game. It's ridiculous, man. It is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, but yeah, hopefully good and better terms. I think they're um, in the talks of optimizing the 
packaging too. So like you can kind of get rid of the uh, campaign um, and then, you know, which gives you more space for other, other stuff and things like that. So hopefully that does come to fruition and is actually true. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's substantial. Um, moving on and, uh, that good old Capcom news. Is this, is it, you love to see it. So, uh, Devil May Cry, uh, Matt Walker, the producer, uh, dropped some more deets on Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition. He said he had another announcement uh, close to the release of Devil May Cry 3, and he revealed it. And what do you know? Co-op Bloody Palace has been confirmed with Virgil and Dante. This is greatness at its finest. It is an online co-op, but I mean, hey, take what you can get, you know. Um, and then apparently he said that you can, uh, you know, customize each character differently. So I guess apparently it maybe takes your data from the, the actual game. Um, in terms of that, I'm curious if you can do two switches locally, at least. Uh, but they make it seem like, cause they, they specify that you can use two joy cons, whatever. So that's at least telling me it might just be um, one switch that you can play it on, but it would be cool. At least you can have local switch co-op. Um, that'd be pretty awesome. But Hey, I mean, we, we got more than we expected with this edition. This is definitely shaping up to be for sure. The best edition to play Devil May Cry three hands freaking down. You got freaking style switching. You could switch to all your weapons at once. I mean, not all at one time, but you have access to all your devil arms and guns at once uh, with this cool new uh, weapon wheel uh, system, which seems pretty enticing, pretty cool. I'm very curious to see how that plays out. And then, of course, the freaking Bloody Palace co-op. Boy, yeah, this game is going to be great. It's going to be great. This is definitely going to be, yeah. More than likely my favorite Devil May Cry now because that was the only gripe I had with Devil May Cry 3 after playing Devil May Cry 4. I was like, man, yeah, if this had just style switching, this game would be damn near perfect. And of course, that's what we got. So, boy, who would have thought the definitive version of Devil May Cry 3 on a Nintendo Switch? I'm all for it, though. I am all for it. You hear me? I'm all for it. Um, and, and of course, uh, don't make cry three comes out next Thursday, uh, February 20th. So keep on the lookout for that. You can pre-order now. Um, cause I think it's download only. It might be, it might be a physical version in Japan, but I'm not sure about that. I do want to actually look that up though. Cause I do love me my physical games. Um, yeah. So keeping that uh, Devil May Cry 3 positivity hype train going, uh, Devil May Cry 5 uh, just announced, uh, you know, the devs and well, Capcom Unity, really, uh, that Devil May Cry 5 is now officially the best and fastest selling game in the franchise at 3.1 million. You love to see it. Um, so, hey. 
That just shows, man. Devil May Cry 5 is at its prime right now. Devil May Cry in general, really. Um, so that's really good to see. I really do hope we get a special edition. Uh, you know, add Virgil. Um, I guess it's going to be weird to see how that plays with his, uh, you know, not to spoil the game, but basically how that plays in the game. I'll leave it at that. Uh, considering some some story elements. Um, and then, yeah, you know, Trish, Lady, um, hopefully maybe who? Maybe Lucia, maybe Nico. That'd be really great to see. I'm I'm pretty sure they probably will save it for next gen. That would be my guess. They'll probably wait for next gen to come out and then port it directly to that, which would be cool. I like that. I'd be fine. Something to give me an excuse to uh, play on the brand new console. I'm for it. So pretty cool. Uh, still sticking in Capcom news, though. Um, it, it's been announced that Alex Wexer, <laughs> Alex Wesker, <laughs> Alex Wesker and Oswald E. Spencer are going to be masterminds in Resident Evil Resistance. Um, so this kind of spices up a little bit, um, you know, makes a little bit more interesting. I'm still very curious why Albert is not involved. I'm guessing he has to be in the game at some point. Um, other than this weird um, French wannabe Wesker dude that's the consider I guess the main guy in the this game but um, pretty cool pretty interesting to see how uh, this gonna, is going to play out uh, see how different she is in, in uh, Alex Wesker and I think they also announced the, the new uh, two new maps Casino and Abandoned Park uh, that's going to be pretty cool to uh, kind of see, see how that plays out. I'm very interested to see, uh, yeah, pretty much how this game is. But, I mean, this game is shaping up to be legit. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to give it some time and uh, play it out. But uh, Resident Evil Outbreak, you are not. And I still want it, Capcom, if you're listening. Okay? We still want, we still want Resident Evil Outbreak. We have not forgotten. Let's let you know. This ain't no, this is no constellation. You know, this ain't going to appease that burning, urgent desire to get Resident Evil Outbreak ported some way, shape, or form. Just so you know, Capcom, you can't get away that easy. No, you can't. Not on my watch. <laughs> but yeah. Overall, I'm definitely going to give it a legitimate try after I probably, you know, play Resident Evil 3 like 20 times. Um, it'll be cool to kind of satiate that Resident Evil, I guess, lust. Yeah, pretty much. Resident Evil lust slash infatuation with uh, playing this. So I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, in other positivity news. Uh, Tekken 7 uh, has announced that uh, it has sold 5 million units. Uh, this might be shipped, but still is pretty good. So this puts it, in terms of the Tekken series, I think fourth, uh, fourth highest 
after Tekken 2, and I think the top is Tekken 3. Um, so I think, yeah, Tekken 3 is number one, uh, Tekken 5, number two, then Tekken 2, number three, and then Tekken 7, number four. That's pretty impressive, considering all of the Tekkens that have come out already. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Cue the um, <laughs> Kazuya throwing his dad off and smiling weirdly, creepily gif. <laughs> uh, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's real great. Um, yeah, definitely my favorite fighting game. Uh, for sure, hands down. Um, it's good to see Tekken back in his prime. Because, you know, it's had his uh, struggles here and there. Um, not, not majorly, but you know, all I'm just saying, um, Harada, if you listening, um, I'm just saying, I mean, if you maybe, I know you crushed our dreams last episode, confirming that, uh, the likely of, you know, Kiryu not happening in Tekken, but I mean, if you know, Kiryu happened to be in Tekken, I mean, I'm just saying that's an easy, easy five additional millionaire. So, I mean, all right, if you're trying to get these sales up, boy, that's that's going to get them sales up. And boy, you won't even be able to control all the money you're going to get with all this, all this DLC, DLC in it up with, with Kiryu. Boy, shoot, you might as well just just make Tekken without anybody and just put just Kiryu just have just mirror matches of Kiryu relentlessly just call Tekken 7 Kiryu edition and just 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 Kiryu fighting Kiryu's just just maybe you just spice up a little bit just put put Goro in there as well you know uh, hell just put the whole damn Yakuza cast and ah, damn actually that would be I'd, I'd play the hell out of that game just make a straight up fighting game with a Tekken engine with all Yakuza characters. What? Wow. Actually, I'm very, man, I kind of want that now. I kind of really want that a lot right now. Wow. Yeah, boy. Considering all of the uh, characters in the Yakuza series, easy. Easy. That's an easy fighting game right there. Boy, that's money. That's money on the table. That's that's money on the table, on the whole de- the whole damn room, the whole damn room. You hear me, boy, boy, man. That's an epiphany that just happened right now, live, real time. Yeah, man, boy, I would play the hell out of that game. Oh my goodness, Tekken. No, boy, Tekken. Yaku Yaku Tekken. Yaku Tekken. Ooh. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yaku Yaku Tekken. Yaku Tekken. Yeah. Yeah. That's real good. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> oh. That made me happy inside. Just just the thought of that. Boy. Whew, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That just, just that just gave me goosebumps. Actually, man, Yaku Tekken, Yaku Tekken. Oh, that sounds like the one dude from EX Straight uh, Fighting Fury. 
the black dude. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, oh man, I'd love to see that. Ugh. It's like now I'm kind of mad. It's like, why don't don't we have that yet? Ugh. Yeah, if Yakuza gets big enough, I think that that that'd be a solid, solid choice. And uh, you know, I guess a non Yakuza game, a Yakuza Yakuza fighting game. Boy, that would be great. Oh, all right. Let me stop. Uh, let me stop. Um, just oogling right now over that thought. But uh, man, Yaku Tekken. Let's play some Yaku Tekken. Okay. <laughs> well. On that note, that's uh, pretty much all the news for this week. Uh, I guess there's one little tidbit wanted to cover. Uh, apparently, the uh, that this came at least somewhat real time. Apparently, reports uh, this is from the god Azugx on Twitter. Apparently, uh, PlayStation, uh, like I guess, kind of like a follow up to the story last last episode, was that. Um, PlayStation was waiting on their on Xbox to show their price to you know determine what they're gonna do. So uh, I guess in a, in addition to that, um, another factor apparently is that the um, components for the PlayStation Five uh, were pretty are pretty expensive. Basically, um, having a price to four fifty currently just to make one PlayStation five. Um, so pretty much that leaves the option up to PlayStation in terms of what they want to charge for it. So technically they could charge it at, you know, 500 and then, you know, take the, well, it wouldn't technically be too much. Well, I mean, it would depending on how you see it. Cause you know, we don't have the reference of what it took to make the PlayStation four, but, um, kind of having that logic in mind, you can see that's maybe what they're, I could see why they're, you know, kind of indecisive about how they're going to go of developing, you know, or charging for the console. So I guess it still could be 400 to 500. So, the likelihood, though, is probably going to be 500, considering how powerful this is compared to next previous generation, not considering the PS4 Pro. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Then maybe potentially Xbox could undercut them by going 400 or just come off the bat with 400. And that's going to put PlayStation in a pretty hard proposition if they want to go. Uh, match it or just stick with their 500 premium price um, in comparison. That's interesting. Going to be very curious to see how that plays out. And then, uh, like I mentioned last episode too, is like, you know, with the coronavirus and everything, how that's going to come into play and or delay um, Xbox. I mean, well, the development of the consoles in general, probably just create more scarcity and then on top of that probably just make the consoles more desirable because of the supply and demand factor that uh some 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 uh companies have been doing pretty smartly um 
if you will. So cool little tidbit, cool little tidbit, a bit, but tid cool little tidbit. Uh, so let's cover, uh, what I've been playing lately. Um, and of course, probably the biggest, uh, surprising no one modern warfare. Uh, actually I haven't been playing too much this week, but at least for sure, since last episode, I've definitely been getting a lot of time in, I was especially rushing, uh, for, uh, getting everything done for season one before moving on to season two, because they cut off a lot of stuff like, uh, pretty much, you know, the battle pass earnings or rankings or whatever, um, as well as, uh, challenges, which you can get a cool little emblem. Um, what else? Oh, that was pretty much it. I'm trying to think, I feel like I'm missing something, but, uh, yeah. So I was like at like maybe 70 when we last were talking, I want to say last episode, but I put in that work. Your boy put in that work this past weekend and I did it. I got to rank a hundred, um, with ease. Thanks to the double XP and double pass XP, of course. Um, which yeah, for that, I don't know where I'd be right now, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, but then I had this struggling aspect, which I, I was ranting about on Twitter too, was that basically the last challenge that I had to do was to get a juggernaut in a match, which is pretty tough. Um, considering, well, the biggest thing, considering now that modern warfare has skill-based matchmaking. So you can't just ne- necessarily simply get into a game and expect like, Oh yeah, this is going to be easier. Just, you know, get into a game with people that are lesser than you. Cause I'm pretty sure at least it felt like with modern warfare, uh, well call of duty in general really is like, they seem to match you more so by your rank than your skill, I guess. It kind of varies, I guess. I don't know. How's it going, Joey? Um, so it's hard to say. I don't know, but I'd say it's much harder now because you're on you're you're playing the odds of you playing people at the exact same skill level is way higher now. So in turn, the likelihood of you demolishing the other team is pretty slim. So that all together um, makes earning uh, the um, juggernaut really hard, I'd say. Um, But with some uh, with some things I wasn't too proud of, I did manage to do it. I did uh, <laughs> use some dirty tactics, if you will. Uh, so, uh, with, with, with great shame, I hate to admit that I did, uh, I did, uh, go into a ground war match, uh, loaded up my Strella and a sniper rifle and, uh, basically, uh, had some point man, had the point man perk with me and, uh, did, um, you know, shoot multiple kill streaks down uh with a couple kills uh kills here and there it wasn't all truly you know um you know uh scrubbish uh, i did put some work into that um 
But with with enough effort, I did manage to get the juggernaut. <laughs> Funny enough, when I got it, <laughs> when I got it, right after I got it, I just I, I was like, oh yeah, I, I'm I got juggernaut on. I'm, I'm impervious to damage, so I go off the hill. I think I was on the quarry uh, uh, board. I forgot what it's called, but the board that looks like a quarry mostly. Um, I go off the cliff and then I just instantly die. Like, well, <laughs> all that effort I put into a damn juggernaut and that's what happened. I just, nobody killed me. I just killed myself. So I was like, that's, that's perfect. Sums up my gaming uh, luck in general, I'd say. Um, and, oh yeah. And I think <laughs> funnily enough, that same night I did get another legitimate uh, juggernaut uh, after that. Um, it was, it was, uh, well, I guess maybe is what you determine is legitimate or not, but, um, I did, uh, you know, hit up the shipment 24 seven playlist. Uh, you know, I did possibly have kill chain on and, you know, got enough kills and got to the point where I did earn a, um, chopper gunner where I may or may have not, uh, went into the utmost area, the little uh, hidden crate up at the top that not a lot of people check and maybe or maybe did not get um, earn a juggernaut that way. But hey, I mean, whichever way you pick up, put it down, put it on its face and then put it put it on its head again. Uh, I got a juggernaut. OK, so also got that 15 kills challenge too. So, I mean, you know, I did get it either way. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. And then let me tell you on uh season two, uh, first match I played on rust, uh, got, got a, got a straight legitimate, um, which call it, uh, juggernaut. Um, I don't even think I had, I didn't even have kill, kill chain on. Okay. I may have been like camp in the tower that everybody does, but it was multiple instances where they kept coming up to try and kill me, but I kept killing them. So what does that say, uh, to them? They should have killed me, but they didn't kill me. So I got the kill streaks and then bam, I got, I got, uh, I got another juggernaut first match on rest that was that, that felt really great but you know overall i did not get much time to put into season two um but it was some interesting changes they made that i, I did like and enjoy um or just interesting in all that just made me kind of just interested to play the game more and see how it plays out so apparently they switched uh some of the perks around which is i think it's a first in Call of Duty history that they've changed uh, perks to different tiers. I haven't seen that before in a Call of Duty that I can recall at least. Maybe it was a subtle change or what, but this is the first time, at least I remember at least, that they've, they've changed, they've drastically changed perks in Call of Duty. Um, which I'm trying to think of the ones they did change in particular, uh, killed, not kill. Yeah. Kill chain. They changed from a level two perk to a level one perk, 
So technically you can you can uh stack up you can now use kill chain with hardline and what was there was there another one that supplements your No No, I guess that that's it. So technically you can makes it easier for you to even get get kill streaks now. So now you have kill chain mixed with hardline. So now you can get like kill streaks uh, that cost one less death and on top of that stack on top of each other, which is crazy to me. Uh, but it'll make getting kill streaks for, for these damn challenges I had to do season one uh, much easier that way too. So uh, that's fine with me. I'm okay with that. I don't got a problem with that at all. Um, and it was another one. I think for EOD, EOD doesn't no longer with the EOD perk, you can no longer hack uh, equipment. You have to, or that's been moved to spotter now, which is the tier three perk, um, which made more sense because that's what it's, it was like before. But I guess Modern War, Infinity War, Infinity War wanted to change it up or something like that. But it makes more sense for being a tier three perk because uh, when you think about it, I made it make this made a EOD super powerful. I sure as hell was using it as like my my top used uh, perk because of that attribute, of course, of it uh, also preventing you from getting, um, you know, explosive damage or reducing it. So you have a uh, time to recover. Um, it was some other perk that they that I thought they changed. That might have been the only one that I could recall. Um, yeah, I think they made uh, some slight adjustments in terms of uh, some of the timing. It seemed to be more fair now. I think like uh, recharge, which basically uh, recharges your equipment every thirty seconds. I think they got. Uh, drastically reduced in terms of the time to re that you get a new um equipment refresh. Um, I think for the recharged one, uh, you get more. What do you get more of? You get uh, you recharge much faster now. So your um, the supercharged I think it's called that lets you charge your. Um, what is it? The, the one perk, well, the one uh, attribute that lets you like, you know, get stop and power deadly science, uh, deadly science, <laughs> that'd be a cool perk, <laughs> deadly science, uh, the deadly silence perk. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then I think, uh, over, not overkill, but, um, double time I think double time I think the time is is greater of that you can spend running and I think the recharge time is uh, shorter too so some very interesting changes they made Um, very very curious to see how it's going to change the dynamic uh, change the so-called meta for you know what uh what's going to be uh, better than what, but uh, it feels like it does balance things out uh, much more though. So who knows? Who knows? We'll see. So yeah, I'm very curious. I uh, can't wait to play this weekend to uh, kind of uh, get a feel for all that. See how everything plays out. 
and kind of go from there, you know? I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to, uh, on that aspect. In addition, um, fantasy star online Two, uh, the beta, uh, well, the 12 year old game that's finally come and been localized to the West. Uh, the beta closed beta came out, uh, this past weekend. I got a chance to play probably about six hours overall. Um, at least initially the Friday, uh, the servers were just, 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 just gave up on life. I guess there was apparently, uh, some people that weren't registered that got in or something like that. I forgot something along those lines. I believe that's their explanation, but nonetheless, they remedied it, remedied it, (laughs) remedied it. And, um, uh, basically extended the time, uh, until Sunday, um, for that, uh, you know, issue, I believe it was set to end on Saturday, um, uh, midnight, but they did extend it. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, overall, uh, and this is my first time actually playing fantasy star. I've not played any of the previous ones. Um, I've heard about it, but never, at least from gameplay, it didn't seem like enticing for me, but, um, this is legitimate. Uh, well, I guess this is legitimately like monster hunter before there was monster. Hunter. It feels like obviously you're not, you know, hunting one single enemy in this game, but I, you could tell at least a lot of inspiration, uh, from this game was put in a monster hunter or at least, in some way, shape or form, because it the formula or at least the kind of vibe and feel feels very similar to Monster Hunter in that way where, you know, it's like it's kind of a MMORPG, but it's like a light MMORPG. That's kind of some of the vibes I get, even though this probably hints to be way more extensive than Monster Hunter in, in, a, in a lot of ways, too. So that's a it was kind of an interesting contrast, I noticed. Um, but just the combat overall, it's like, wow, this is some pretty interesting combat, uh, in terms of just the flexibility. And then you have the multiple classes like monster hunter two. Um, but obviously, you know, my, my primary frame of reference is monster hunter, which is why I'm referring to that. But uh, of course I know, um, fantasy star did it first, um, in general, you know, for online gaming as well. I know even on the dreamcast, I think you can play online, which was crazy. When you think about it, when, you know, on a dial up connection, boy, just the, just the thought of that is kind of crazy, but yeah, at least from what I played, uh, the loop seems to be pretty interesting. I just felt like I needed to just get, get a grasp of everything where everything was at, which is what a lot of, um, what I was up to in that, that sense. So, um, What's really cool is that, yeah, your character um, does transition to when the main game comes out. So you don't have to make your character over again because I, I totally did love my character. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> ridiculous voice and everything. Uh, I posted some dumb stuff on Twitter about that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, overall, I'm pretty, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm interested in playing more of it. I guess I didn't play enough to get a really good gist of what fantasy star is, 
but I did get a pretty good, just at least initial impression, which I thought was positive overall. Um, obviously I'm pretty sure I, I attributed to the, to the, since it's a beta, obviously that, uh, did have some issues that were fairly distract, uh, distracting. Uh, one in particular was, um, this weird, uh, kind of inconsistent stuttering like it, like kind of felt like it random moments in the game, um, where basically like the, the, the game would just legitimately stop or freeze for like two to three seconds. Uh, very intermittently. It wouldn't be very consistent. It'd just be every here now and there when some particular aspect of the game loads, I guess, or whatever. But that was hugely distracting in a lot of cases. Um, it seemed to happen more when I was in the lobby more than when I was in like a quest, but it was still enough to be very much a detriment to like uh, the quality of the game I felt. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, I'm pretty certain that's going to be fixed when uh, the real, the full game comes out. But it's definitely some aspects of the game that do feel pretty archaic, you know, considering it's a 12 year old game. That's kind of impressive when you think about it, though. But, um, you know, some some UI uh, kind of um, downsides, like in particular, like just just simple shortcuts and stuff like uh, that, like, you know, selecting multiple items at once and, and things like that to like delete or store. Then it was, I know was one issue I had with kind of getting the concept of storing items, I guess after I was just straight up deleting items or weapons that I think potentially can be used to make other weapons. I just straight started discarding them. Cause like every times I'd be in a quest and forget to, uh, discard or store my items. And I just assumed that the game was like, well, I guess you have to delete them. But I guess in my head, I didn't think I could just store them from where I'm at. I guess I just assumed the game didn't work that way or wouldn't let you do it that way. But apparently it did after I was, uh, I was looking at some footage of the game in particular. And of course uh, I deleted a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I did use some judgment on, you know, try to delete the more common and un, uncommon stuff rather than the super rare or, you know, stuff I invested money into. So, <laughs> yeah, but overall, uh, I like the, the, the music is pretty damn good. Um, just the, I can see the loop being pretty addictive once you get the, you get in the groove of that. Um, and uh, <laughs> had this weird ass concert where it had this uh, Hatsune Miku, uh, Miku wannabe uh, singing this uh, concert at eight. <laughs> that I think that's another well interesting appeal of Fantasy uh, Star Online, where you have uh, you have the people. Um, you know, uh, chatting and reacting real time, uh, to people. And <laughs> it was just hilarious. Just see all the comments of, uh, just people just not like, man, this is horrible. Uh, you know, uh, what this is? Well, yeah, this is what fantasy star line is about or whatever. Uh, but it was cool. It's kind of give you a, just a good general idea of what fantasy star line is like. Um, I think the timed urgent quests are pretty cool. It's like uh, pretty much like uh, particular times in a, in a day. Um, there's some urgent quests that I guess you apparently get a lot of 
good items or or higher rate drop rare items and things like that i think at least uh for um for the beta purpose uh you get some cool stuff when the game i guess fully releases i think i got all of them i may have not i think i missed i think there were technically four urgent quests i only did two of the four um so i don't think i qualify for all the goodies i know one was a cool like dreamcast item which i definitely wanted uh since i am a big fan of the dreamcast um but yeah overall i had a pretty good experience i'm very interested to see more uh maybe get into the open beta whenever they uh decide to roll that out i believe they are planning to release this sometime this year in the spring i want to say so I think it's pretty close. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I think they are, actually they're also doing PC. So I think I might be good to join that too. But again, we shall see. Uh, so yeah, boy, I think I went into super, super duper detail with uh, Fantasy Star Online. But yeah, I guess for somebody that's the first time playing that, uh, it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, then I got a little bit of monster hunter world in i uh <laughs> last minute i'm like the dude that come at come in at like 11:59 when they close at like 12. <laughs> so i came uh came to the uh did the it was the last day for the i think general appreciation event or whatever terminology they used uh for basically monster hunter's anniversary of its released uh release uh, where, you know, they had a lot of cool quests and uh, bonuses. And um, I definitely wanted to do the Devil May Cry one where you uh, basically get to upgrade Dante's armor to the, um, or at least the alpha version or like this, the master rank version that, you know, is in line with uh, Iceborne level um, difficulty. So i did that once i did a couple other quests i i i uh thought i wouldn't be able to in a while or like a year from now technically um so got those in um but overall it's pretty cool there so just want to touch on that just uh uh i know there's some new layered armor options they uh added a while ago uh that just seemed very daunting to me to at least tackle on now with so much uh, on the pipeline coming out and of course my admitted admitted uh addiction to call of duty too um but um yeah still thoroughly enjoy monster hunter uh, i just this big gripe with me with monster hunter at this point in time is the fact that uh the pc version which for those that don't know iceborne is out now for the pc uh came out in january uh, is that like I want to get the PC version, but then it's like I have to earn everything again, and I really don't. That's like 200 hours worth of uh, time I put in a PS4 version, and I don't want to do that again for Monster Hunter. And just be something that just sounds so simple that they could do. It just at least lets you Im- implement cross save or let you import your data over and then you know uh be a separate instance uh from your your uh, data that was transferred from so kind of like how grand theft auto online did it where basically when the pc version came out or the uh 
Xbox One and PS4 version where you can transfer your character uh, from the previous gen being PS3 and Xbox 360 to whatever, you know, new version you're on. And then they they be separate instances of characters. So, um, you know, if you were to weird some weird ass reason, you want to still play the 360 version um, instead of your Xbox three Xbox one version, they will be separate after that, which totally fine. Just anything to just not have me do everything over again. If I especially when I don't want to. Um, I know they did implement some uh, aspects to make that easier with the um, I forgot what they called it master guardian armor or guardian armor and weapons where um, those weapons are craftable at your at the lower level um, but are way more powerful or kind of like as if you had a you know a iceborne type weapon uh, to demolish enemies and make ranking up that much quicker and faster so eh, uh, yeah I don't know and then then it's like it's weird that the monster Hunter world is still on this staggered uh you know timeline between the PC and the console versions it seems like it's got to be some point where they will be both be able to catch up and be like uh in sync with each other and I think that might be the moment where you know ideally and hopefully that they um they basically decide to, you know, implement, I mean, even better cross play as well as cross progression to some extent, or just cross transfer or something just to not have me play everything over again when I feel like I shouldn't considering today's climate in terms of with online tech technology, specifically from the game in front with, um, modern warfare of course being a prime great example where it is cross progression cross play i can you know if i want to just be butthurt on the xbox i could just you know what i hate xbox i want to play with sony people and then i could just go on sony and still have all the same progress and items and everything um and i i that's i think the ideal world I think I want to live in you know when that happens I think it's going to be it's going to gradually happen with time where that's going to be the norm and that's going to be so great especially now that the door is open now where that's been proven to happen that's still crazy to me that I could play Modern Warfare right now on Xbox with my PlayStation 4 friends if, 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 if we really wanted to that is so crazy and surreal to me that that's a possibility now it's surreal, man. It really is. So, but yeah, all in all, that's what I've been up to um, this week, gaming wise. Um, I always feel kind of guilty I should be playing more single player games, but it's like when I get into that niche, I I just can't get out of it. Uh, that's kind of how I, I have been gaming behavior wise generally. Uh, I'll normally play a big beefy. Not necessarily beefy, actually, nowadays, not really. Uh, pretty, um, you know, legitimate multiplayer game, or I mean, single player game, until uh, I beat it. Then after that, I kind of like to decompress and, you know, play multiplayer in between games, uh, single player games. And I feel like that's been a good rhythm for me personally. And I think that's kind of where I'm at now, where like I attempted to play some near Automata and Zelda, but. 
I don't know. I feel like I just wasn't in the right mental space for it. So, you know, I just used that kind of judgment. And, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, let me just go ahead and start playing some more multiplayer, kind of get that out of my system. Especially me, I was kind of rushing to get season one done since uh, I was uh, for Modern Warfare, since I was behind uh, for the past, um, you know, few weeks, which I think it seems like the general time frame for seasons is like every 10 weeks five I think it's like four or five weeks or something like that so at least for Call of Duty I don't know but um, yeah so probably you might hear me next week might might get into uh, yeah I'm more than likely probably going to mess with uh, the Yakuza Remaster collection just at least get my feet wet in it um, since it's been so long, so I played that like 2011, pretty much that whole trilogy, uh, 11 to 12, 2012. So might see me stream some of that on Twitch TV slash Hey Switch. You never know. You never know. Just give me some, give me some, uh, Reese's cups and, uh, you know, Hey, just give me with the hearts though. The ones with the hearts taste better than the, the, you know, the the traditional ones because it is the season and I just want to feel good about eating hearts because I don't have one. <laughs> that sounds super, super horrible, but super emo and horrible at the same time. <laughs> but I digress. And also, let's, uh, I guess, move into semi somewhat loosely off topic, even though this is totally in topic. Uh, I did recently just see uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and man I have to say it was a pretty good movie uh, this is coming from somebody who was pretty a, a moderate fan of Sonic I'm pretty much familiar with the general lore of Sonic uh, the the characters the, at least the primary characters um, you know I, I played the hell out of a Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 those are probably at least my favorite Sonic games out of you know the Sonic series in general pretty much after that I kind of fell out of Sonic uh, since then um, I haven't really been, you know, keeping up with the the ones that came out pretty much after Sonic Adventure one and two, um, but um, yeah, actually, I, I hear they're not great a lot of them, but um, yeah, I mean, so that's kind of at least giving a reference of where my kind of fandom of Sonic is, but I mean, I like the character overall, of course. You know, he's been so synonymous with. Uh, the generation I kind of grew up with mostly, um, you know, the SNES and Genesis era where, you know, they had the, the uh, infamous bad blood between each other. Sega Genesis does what Nintendo don't and all that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, seeing this movie, I can tell you 10, 20 times over that, uh, that redesign was the best thing that was ever done in this movie because good God, if if they stuck with that original design, that that would have made this movie atrocious because uh, <laughs> on top of that, uh, Sonic, he gets a lot of screen time, of course, 
Um, and then, yeah, that just would have been hugely distracting for me personally. Um, I mean, for the kids who maybe aren't big fans of it, they probably would just, you know, oh, yeah, Sonic, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he got to go fast. Uh, I don't know. I feel like even the kids probably would have been creeped out or scared crying in the theaters because of how he looks, to be honest. Because, um, I mean, maybe it takes them getting used to, but just initially, uh, it's not a good look. But I think it was a very wise decision that they did make that executive change and listening to the fan feedback of uh, actually redesigning him overall, even though I, I believe it cost a whole lot of money. I think it was worth it in the long run because that ultimately would, would will make the movie more enjoyable for folks, include myself. Um, and you know, overall, I think just p- provide a much better movie. So yeah, overall I'd say it's, it's, it's a pretty good, fun movie. Um, yeah, I think it hits all the beats. I was kind of anticipating, expecting, uh, didn't go too over the board or over the edge with a lot of, uh, you know, it's existing material, try to do something, anything drastically different from what we're expecting, uh, or, you know, have, are familiar with in terms of, you know, the Sonic lore and man, Jim Carrey, he was great, man. Uh, boy, he had some, he had some, some, uh, some scenes where he had me, he had me pretty legitimate. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah. In retrospect, yeah. Jim Carrey was the perfect role for, uh, Dr. Robotnik. He plays the the expectations I have in my head of Dr. Robotnik from all the lore very well. He's just very, um, you know, over the top, insane, crazy, uh, full of himself, um, selfish, um, just 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 the epitome of Dr. Robotnik. I think he was a, a fantastic choice of an actor to play him. Uh, I totally believed it. That was, I think, the other factor too. It, 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 it definitely. There were, there was, of course, you know, they did make some attempts and comedy attempts, and you know, com, uh, Sonic being the wisecracking speedster kind of trope, uh, which that was kind of played a lot too. Um, but you know, it was, it was fun. It was fun. I, my expectations were, were were pretty low, but I mean, overall I was delightfully surprised by just the overall vibe and feel of the movie. It was just fun. Yeah, it was just fun, man. That's the best way I can describe it. This is from somebody who's, who's been a pretty moderate fan of Sonic and is familiar with Sonic, the hedgehog and the expectations and playing the games and stuff. And, um, yeah, I loved all the nods to the, you know, the games and, and things like that, that you can, you can pick up on. Um, yeah. And, uh, love the interracial couples. Okay. Whoop, whoop. I mean, you know, just saying, you don't see a lot of that in movies. Uh, well, yeah, in particular movies, really. I mean, <laughs> last one being really legitimate, uh, get out, but you know, I don't think this was what they're, <laughs> they were going for um yeah yeah there are uh there are some uh after scene credits which were really great i have to say it was really good the mid scene i guess it's technically mid scene credits uh was pretty damn good i was like let's go i'm all for it so basically, uh, big surprise, big whoop, one of the biggest known IPs that has got a movie uh, set 
set itself up for a sequel. That's all I'm going to say. So, you know, it's probably surprising nobody. But um, I think, yeah, the the executive decision they did make to uh, redesign him was the best choice they could have made. And seeing this now, yeah, it would have been just uh, it would have been horrible. It would have been so distracting and took away so much from the uh, from the movie um, overall. But yeah, and 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 that on in in of itself, I think uh, just just deserved me overall to you know I felt I needed to support the movie either way. Just just based on that alone, because you do not see that nowadays um, with a director actually, um, you know. Uh, being receptive to the feedback obviously you know you can't just be changing anything willy nilly just because a couple people say it but I think the out outlash or I mean uh, the backlash was pretty substantial to the point where like hey man uh, we probably might need to not might need to change this because uh, man this might not bode well with everybody and sure enough they legitimately uh, went on their work because like you know everybody was man this is going to be it's not going to work out but I have to say man it was very worthwhile that they changed that however much it costs like 50 million I think or something like that it was worth it because yeah this movie was way better because of it um, just seeing him as a character, uh, it doesn't look just fugly, and especially some of the moments that they present to you, he looks more likable, more charming than uh, you know, man, child, man, beast, uh, from from the the dead, <laughs> basically, just nightmare fuel, Sonic, whatever. Um, so yeah, so without spoiling too much. Uh, yeah, I was very satisfied with the movie. Actually, I was very surprised to be honest. My expectations were, yeah, they were pretty low. They were pretty low. So I, I, I kind of wasn't knowing really what to expect. I mean, you had, you know, some of the trailer references and stuff like that, but overall, I think I liked overall just five feel pacing of the movie. It did what it needed to do and then was done with it, which I think I appreciate a lot. Had a positive message uh, with everything. Um, You know, yeah, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, uh, okay. I'll touch on this one aspect. Uh, You could tell, and it's weird. It's like, I've I've been watching a lot of, what cinema and gaming sins <laughs> lately so it I, the the downside of that is like it's now like uh jaded me uh to watching movies now where i'm now looking at movies with a very uh negative negative uh cynical standpoint where it's like oh well up up common trope here up oh boy up up common common thing here uh that nobody does and then you <laughs> i found myself really analyzing this movie on like a very uh a way i normally haven't which is funny but even then it's like i still enjoyed watching the movie overall i think it was very fun and man i have to tell you that uh that teaser at the end i'm just gonna say it's like it was like uh power rangers that's that's all I'll, the the Power Rangers movie that'll never be, but I'll just give you that. 
Uh, it gave you a pretty, that was a pretty hype, pretty hype, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, I forgot what you call it, um, mid-season teaser, I guess, mid, mid, mid-movie teaser, whatever, so, yeah, so that's my thoughts on Sonic, I think it was a pretty good movie, actually, um, I'd watch it again, if, you know, um, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know prices out here though. They look expensive. I don't know if I watch Sonic again, but you know if if it was in the house, somebody rented it on DVD. They like, hey, you want to watch Sonic or something else? I'm like, you know what? I'll put that Sonic in. You know, just put that. Go ahead, put that Sonic in. You know. Um. So yeah. Outside of that, that's been pretty much. This episode of Switch of Sites, I guess. Not sure. I felt like I was trying to go somewhere else, but my mind just gave up. So I gave up with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, if you'd like to submit any questions to the show that will be answered if and when I uh, get enough questions, feel free to submit them. Feel free to submit them at aswitchtv at gmail.com. Um, if you are listening to this podcast on your respective podcast and platform, feel free to provide any feedback, positive or ne- negative, um, just to help help this podcast grow and be the man that it wants to be someday. I know that kind of sounds weird coming from like a deeply voiced man, but you know, uh, suspension of belief, you know, just 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 suspend that belief a little bit for the sake of this argument um what else oh yeah you can uh catch me uh streaming this podcast live recording on twitch tv slash a switch uh you can also catch my youtube um that i'm trying to put some work in at some point or another youtube.com slash a switch that it I think that is it so another week down um uh this one in particular um no bay no bay this year well it's been a minute actually um valentine's day with no bay that'd be the slogan (laughs) valentine's day with no bay but you know what I told you I told y'all right I got expo quisha I got Pifonia. Um, I'm gonna be okay. All right. I got I got women that love me. Okay, they love me. They don't talk back. They don't give me none of that fuss. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna be okay. Don't worry about me. All right. My Valentine's Day is secure. Okay. Thank you. Uh, mind your business. All right. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being defensive <laughs> for no damn reason. Alright. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> bitterness of being single aside. Um thanks for watching. Um and as always, actually I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna try something different. Uh tell me something better than what. You know what? Let me do it in my let me do it in another deep voice. Tell me something better than what? Alright, that sounds a little creepy. So you know what? Let me let's let's go with the original. <laughs> Oh,
nobody's safe. <laughs> <laughs>